Three, two, one. Ladies and fellas, women and men, gather round, gather round. The Torchy and Dreddy show is about to begin. It is I, your host with the most, and your guy with the spicy top. <laughs> alright, alright. Hey, I'll admit, that one was pretty trash. I mean, pretty trash, even for me. But listen, I'm trying, Cheryl. I'm trying to find an intro that'll captivate the people. Now, if you're one of those listeners that are super organized, then just be gentle with me. Remember, this is my first time. The mother two, they don't even count. That's right. I'm deleting bodies and nobody said nothing when you tried to holler at Spicy Keisha in the fourth grade, knowing damn well your Pokemon card deck was trash with no holographics and your Reebok classes couldn't take another hit with the white shoe polish. We didn't laugh when she clowned you in front of the class and the people called you hunchback now, did we? Nope. We supported you no matter how toxic it got. She could have said no in private, though. Woosa. Woosa. <laughs> Gotta remember my pressure points, yeah. Hey, go to, go to counseling, people. Now, uh, speaking of toxic situations, <laughs> I, uh, I, I was at the crib recently, you know, cribbing it up, white tee, hoop shorts, tube socks and slides. You know how we do it, fellas. You know, keeping it player, but I ain't playing. <laughs> hey, I ain't playing. When uh, all of a sudden... I got this weird idea to pull out the oldie but goodie hood classic soul food. And I must admit, bruh, this movie is big toxic. Like, wow. Now, don't get me wrong. This movie still slaps. I was still as invested in Terry and Miles' business like everybody else. Not to mention, it featured an in-their-prime or close-to-it trio from the very talented and beautiful Nia Long, Vanessa Williams, and Vivica A. Fox. We also got some key performances from Michael Beach, a pre-eight-mile and paid-in-full Makai Pfeiffer, and a jit who probably played everybody's nephew in every black movie and Brandon Hammond. He played a mod. And how could we ever forget the lovely queen, Miss Irma P. Hall, playing Big Mama? Hell, we even got some nice features from Jodeci, Babyface, and Babyface Brothers. I don't really know how I would feel if somebody would call me Babyface Brother, but you know what the point is. The, the lesser known of the, of, the, of the three. So again, remember, this ain't meant to slander the culture. I love the movie Soul Food. Just gonna make a few observations. That's all. No harm, no foul. All right. Now, now I ain't gonna lie. I don't really know why I wanted to watch Soul Food or why I got that craving out of nowhere. So I'ma just chalk it up to probably being locked up in the crib too long due to the COVID. And I'm pretty sure I just missed my family. Who knew? Funny thing about my family. This movie came out in 97. So I had to be what? Eight or nine. One. Carry the three. Multiply. No, you got to subtract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was nine. As a matter of fact, you know, I was nine because when I saw it, it was already out of theaters. So... So, yeah, yeah, I, I had to be at least nine. Look, y'all forgive me. I promise I passed the FCAT the first try. Don't come for me. But the funny thing 
about it was the very first time that I saw this movie was at my auntie house on VHS. Now, I don't know if y'all remember, but back in the day, people used to take VHS movies and record right over them bad boys if it was enough tape left at the end. Well, somebody definitely got to it way before I did because there was an adult recording at the end of that movie <laughs> that changed my life forever. This might have been the greatest post credit scene ever. Marvel could never. Ain't no Captain America, no Spider-Man, no Incredible Hulk reveal at the end of this movie that was better than what I saw. I also remember watching this movie here because I remember sweating like a damn addict the whole time. And the reason why was because I was on one of them, don't mess up my good furniture, plastic couches. You, you know the ones I'm talking about. The ones with, that's like a damn clear poncho with the zippers on the back that go over the whole car. Yeah, man. The ones they used to sell the furniture in. That thing. And I know it because my auntie specifically told me, don't mess up my good furniture. Ma'am, how? That damn plastic was bulletproof. I don't know anybody who destroyed anything on those plastics. As a matter of fact, when they finally did start wearing down, the plastic would break and then the shit became like some kind of butcher's knife. You sit on the couch and now you got scratches all over your thighs. Look at you. Now, I don't know if it was because there was a kid's birthday that turned into an adult link up or whether it was spades and Pequino night. But either way, I ended up in the Y'all kids get out of the way room by myself. Cool room. Except it was hot as hell. You see, growing up, we didn't always have central AC. Those who were broke as well probably can relate. But hey, 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 hey. No shame, no shame. We here now, 70 degrees or below gang. But nah. We ain't had no central AC. We had master bedroom AC. We had living room AC. Hell, I don't think about it. We might even had guest room AC. But we for damn sure didn't have no y'all kids get out of the way room AC. So yeah, it was me, the heat, soul food. And probably a nice little rib plate to go with my purple drink. Yeah, I know. That's that's toxic on its own. So Sofu opens up in legendary black film fashion. But yo, why we always gotta post up the baby pics on the fridge or the photo album lead in with a little old school underneath? Anybody else notice that? It it, it can't just be me. Uh I mean I don't knock it. Hell, I've even done it before. But it's, it's typically, it's something that comes with the culture. Yeah, man. Within the first five minutes of the movie, I'm like, bro, why y'all inviting y'all toxic exes to your wedding? Uh, I, I, I don't get it. I mean, at the start of the movie, we know this thing is about to go left early now first off lisa ray was bad i mean lisa ray was bad bad i had kind of forgot and it was real clear in the first five minutes of that movie why she also was in that players club movie but lim played by makai pfeiffer your wedding reception ain't the time big dog <laughs> You just said I do. Like, you still in, like, the, the 20 minutes hover period. Like, the pastor hadn't even packed up the Bible yet. And Bird, played by Nia Long. How you invite Sleazy McKing, future Drake, and he wore an all-white three-piece to your wedding? Hey. <laughs> what? <laughs> Am I the only one? 
that caught that, that this fool came to somebody else's wedding with all white tux and a rose, if I'm not mistaken. Yo, this movie is off to a toxic ass start. But whatever, we persist. Because then we jump to the Sunday dinner being prepared by Big Mama and her three daughters. Now, clearly, Big Mama done had one too many Sunday dinners. Not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven. Hey. Damn diabetes done got so bad, she lost feeling in her ligaments. Thus, Big Mama, your arm, Mama. But what do we care, right? We gonna eat this food if we cooked it. <laughs> Hey, and I'll be damned if we throwing them yams away. Can't even lie, Big Mama kinda, I mean, she looked like she could throw down, you know what I'm saying? She had the elbow, yeah, she had that joint, so, you know. To each his own. So everybody eating good, socializing, living it up, and then boom. Cousin Faith slides through. Now, I don't know if your family is like my family, but I got a feeling if you're still here now, it probably is. And we all, when we were jits at least, got that one cousin that's sort of like Cousin Faith. We don't really know too much about them. They're kind of like the cool one or the hippie one or the wild child. They're the one who doesn't always show up to all the family functions, but... You couldn't tell because everybody was talking about them like they was always at all the family functions. Listen, if I'm a, if this is going to be a working relationship, y'all going to have to open up too. I know my family ain't the only one who had a cousin Faith. Now, not all the other stuff she done did in the family, but I just mean the whole, oh, there go Faith. You know what it's like when you're chilling in the crib and you're eating your beans and your rice that uh, that your auntie made that you didn't really want, but you ain't trying to hurt her feelings, and then boom, the door open. and Mm. There go Cousin Faith, child. I don't know what she doing here. Well, that scene was replicated in Soul Food because that's exactly what Vivica Fox character said. But the point of me bringing up Cousin Faith wasn't because people were just talking about her. Because you see, that's where we get our next toxic moment. All I see is immediately the overly touchy pastor filling all up on Faith. Who's an adult but way too young for him. Keeping a buck, that moment was really creepy. I mean, some of the people joked it off and laughed, but at this big age, I can clearly see what the hell going on and all the undertones. And it just makes me feel weird inside because... Back then, it was played off as, oh, ha, 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 jokey, jokey pastor. But at this big age, I can clearly see what the hell was going on in all the undertones. Look at Faith's face when this whole situation go down. She ain't comfortable at all. He's completely in all of her space. And I know a lot of people say, oh, bro, you reaching, you reaching. Am I, though? Haven't we heard these stories before? This is still a part of what happens in our community. Old men doing too damn much and not being checked for it. Listen, father, that's toxic as hell. Social distance, keep some space, and let me get an amen. Next, Big Mama goes to the hospital and finds out she's going to need to lose her leg because apparently the diabetes done got so bad, blood ain't circulating to a certain ligaments, and one being her right leg, if I'm not mistaken. If it's the left leg, then y'all correct it, but I'm pretty sure it's the right. And for whatever reason, Maxine, played by Vivica A. Fox, think it's smart to say, you haven't been watching what you've been eating, Big Mama. Are you dumb? Obviously, bruh. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, but like, 
that moment wasn't so much toxic as it was just a stupid thing to say. <laughs> you been the one helping me eat this shit. <laughs> we just had a scene like not too long ago where you was helping me break down the food and chop it up. Your plate was as big as mine. If you didn't, this was after, by the way, I burnt my damn arm in the kitchen. Ain't nobody ever saying, mm, you know what, big mama, <laughs> let's have a big salad. I don't know. Whatever. whatever. <sighs> Usa. Usa. That's wild. But let's keep this show moving, shall we? Because I don't plan on talking forever about soul food. I'm just highlighting a few moments here and there. And please don't say, ooh, what about this part? You forgot this one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know teacher's pet. Just relax. I'm just going for a few. But I will list out a few more. Like the one when Mr. Shoulda Got the Restraining Order visited Bird at work and gave her a gold bracelet. You see, we know who he is. Remember he was in the first scene in the movie with the all-white three-piece. Yeah. Yeah, we know who that guy is. We know who that character is. He has been a consistent jerk for at least the first 30 minutes. <laughs> Hell, I ain't gonna lie. Damn good acting, my guy. Everybody hates you. I promise. Except, Bird, it seems, really wanted to keep that damn bracelet. Uh, reason number 457 as to why y'all should have never got married in the first place. Gifts like these are bad. Gifts like these without your lover knowing are really bad. And then gifts like these without your lover knowing in front of all your co-workers? Well, that's just toxic. That's just a, a toxic situation waiting to happen. And to be fair, ladies, to be fair. Lem ain't innocent either. Even after the Players Club wedding reception edition, as he gets fired and asks his brother-in-law, Kenny, for help, which Kenny gives him the worst advice, which is not telling your brand new wife, you ain't got no damn job. The idea I get. But we in 2020 now, lovers, and I'm going to keep it a buck with you. If I can't speak with you about my lows, then I cannot trust you with my highs. Communication is so key. Without it, well, you might end up in a situation where your wife promises to go on a date and possibly more with the sleazeball from earlier just to get you a job, only for said sleazeballs to try to big dog you at said job on the clock, which is a key as well, to the point that you put your foot up where the sun don't shine on the clock and the sleazeball has you fired, which only infuriates you to angrily enter her salon and slamming the door rough enough to break the glass. <laughs> Big toxic. Then y'all proceed to yelling and getting physical behind a two-ply door, acting like nobody can't hear or see y'all. Man, that was a Bobby and Whitney spicy moment. Ain't nobody doing hair no more. We all tuned in. Where only moments later, Terry, who was at said salon and believed to see it all, called her rougher and I'm using quotation marks here, rougher family members to have Lim dealt with at a bar because she thought that Lim beat Bird. <sighs> Only to get her damn rougher family whooped up and him locked up because he was on probation and was drinking and carrying a loaded gun. Oh, and Bird pregnant too, y'all. <laughs> Yo, that's a lot to unpack. What? This, this is all happening within like minutes of each other. Like I've seen thriller films before and I know Soul Food don't get the credit as a thriller. 
but you got to understand, I was like nine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think anybody who saw Soul Food for the first time knew they were going to see what they were going to see. I know as hell I didn't. But man, that's toxic on so many levels from all parties concerned. Listen, fellas, don't be women. Women, don't be men. Don't call the rough family members if they're going to get their asses whooped. Don't carry a loaded gun when you're on probation and drinking and you're depressed. Don't ask your toxic ex for help when you know, you know he just want to blow your back out. Don't wear the bracelet said toxic ex just gave you 30 scenes ago. And definitely don't wear the bracelet toxic ex gave you 30 scenes ago while you in front of your bae asking for forgiveness. Got it? Good. <laughs> As the movie goes on, to nobody's surprise, yes, <laughs> it gets spicier. <laughs> Miles, played by Michael Beach, who's Terry's husband, who no longer wants to be a successful lawyer, wants to switch fields and become a full-time musician. You know, hey, man, life is short. You got to live. If you feel like you're really talented and you want to give up that bread and you want to possibly go the other route, Whatever. I, I, I support it. I'm all for finding what makes you happy, especially if you got Jodeci, Babyface, and Babyface Brothers in your band. Something tells me y'all going to be all right. <laughs> I don't know what it is, fam, but something tells me, you know, you might be all right. You might, you might, you might have a hit or two. And honestly, it really wouldn't be a problem with that if their marriage had a little bit more support and communication rather than just sheer obedience. Listen, it's toxic to stay in a situation that makes you feel less than or that your goals and your dreams really aren't that great. No one, and I mean no one, should feel that lonely. That's why you pull up the clerk of courts page or family lawyer page and you file for a divorce. It'll be difficult. It'll be hard. It'll be frustrating. And it will hurt, I'm sure. But not nearly as much as sleeping with your wife's cousin Faith. <laughs> Man, what? <laughs> Listen, I pretended to like Save the Last Dance like everybody else did, okay? I couldn't do Honey. I'm sorry, Jessica Alba just can't dance. But none of the moves I saw Cousin Faith doing that recital made me say, yeah, I'm finna get into that in the studio. Yup, wife gone. We both in heat. I mean, she's not that young. Because there's clearly a difference in age between Miles and Cousin Faith. And of course, she 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 came on to me. What I'm supposed to do. Uh not f your wife's cousin, maybe? <laughs> like, bruh. That's like the bare minimal essentials. Like, this is like the bar is the floor, dog. Like, what in the hell? So much wrong went on in this moment and the buildup that led to it. Like, I ain't here for domestic violence at all. But, yo, can you really, I mean, really blame Terry for pulling that knife on both their asses? I mean, I'm no Terry stan, but I do find some areas where she was wronged a lot in this story. And the moments was kind of toxic, too. Like always being the one that has to financially support the family just because you're the only one that's making money. A lot of us are either that person or we know that person in the family. You do what you can to help your family for sure. For sure. You always want to look out. Don't forget nobody. We're not leaving anybody behind. But... Mm, it's kind of toxic as hell to always plan around somebody else's budget as if they're just an ATM machine. I don't know about every family, but I know quite a few families 
definitely tend to count your coins more than they should. And it's even worse, the person who always signs you up for these ATM missions stole who you thought would be your high school sweetheart, but is now their real-life husband. Hey, we need to clean up on aisle seven. This shit is getting messy. (laughs) But, yo, whatever. We got to keep it going because, yeah, Big Mama eventually dies. I mean, we saw that coming. Come on now. We saw that coming. But for the family to get over it, they all somehow, some way, through lies of Ahmad, ended up back at Big Mama's house. That's right. Lim, Faith, and Miles, too, for the same damn dinner that killed her. Come on, man. You mean to tell me the meal that gave my big mama diabetes, burned her damn arm, and then wanted to take her leg and eventually took her life? It's the same meal that we gonna eat in remembrance? <laughs> Look, dog, <laughs> there's so much. I, I, hey, maybe I'm, maybe I'm tripping. Maybe I'm thinking about it too much. Um, I don't know. Maybe I've been eating a little bit too healthy. Uh, Doctor Seppi got me acting real brand new out here, and, and none of the things on this menu seems a little alkalineish. But uh, yeah. Oh, and don't forget. Uncle Pete magically dropping his TV in the kitchen during the final on-screen fight we see amongst all the family members. You can't miss it because it was also filled with the quote-unquote secret money. Yeah, you know, throughout the whole process since the beginning of the movie, Big Mama said that uh, they had some secret money possibly stashed around the house. It was all believed to be a myth. Uh... Her husband supposedly was a uh, a big gambler and he uh, damn near lost everything and she had to work hard and she said she held it together for the family. That's toxic too, by the way. Ladies, you ain't got to stay in no situation like that. Or fellas, if you in the reversal, you ain't got to stay in that. But uh, yeah, granddaddy wasn't no gambler. Granddaddy sound like he was slurring them things, all right? But uh, yeah, they had my people literally reaching to the skies for about a thousand single dollar bills like it was heaven on earth. (sighs) All the stereotypes, yo. I guess the blessing was so good. If you rewatch that scene, Terry and Miles catch a couple of dollar bills like they at Follies. By the way, Rip Follies, I heard they closing. There's uh, so many memories. But they catching dollar bills and then they look over each other's shoulder at each other who clearly are about to get a divorce and they shrug their shoulders like, eh, not so bad. We got money now, y'all. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> so now Terry and Miles are friends? Bruh, this movie is toxic, and I saw it at nine. (laughs) When did you? (sighs) Now, I ain't gonna lie to you. I like that little toxic section. Uh, So much so, I'm gonna keep it going, but more so with uh, some of the goofy shit that's going on around the world. First up, Chuck E. Cheese. Yep, that Chuck E. Cheese is apparently planning to open back up its doors for business, which means some of y'all are probably not going to make it to 2021. Y'all really trying to spread the plague, ain't you, Chuck E. Cheese? Because that place was already a cesspool for bacteria and germs. And y'all parents got to stop letting your kids pee in the bounce area. 
You know who you are. Chucky, we don't trust you, big dog. Uh, your pizza occasionally still slaps. Can't lie. But you and your reopening is a toxic situation I want nothing to do with. Not sure if y'all know who Skip Bayless is. If you're not, hit the Google, type in Skip Bayless. But apparently Skip Bayless went out of his way to sound like a complete idiot dissing Dak Prescott because he admitted to not being okay and going through a bout of depression after the suicide of his brother. This was something Dak only revealed in an interview to raise awareness about National Suicide Prevention Day which was September 10th. Skip. You toxic, fam. Like, I know you got your Bron, Bows, and Dame Lillard wrong takes. But, like, who says that? The day before Suicide Prevention Day. Read the room. And for the listeners, like, who going through depression and things of that nature, always remember, man, you matter. And if nobody loves you, I swear I do. Just never forget that, you know, help help is available. The National Suicide Prevention Line is always available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If you need any help, man... Feel free to contact them at 1-800-273-8255 or online at suicidepreventionlifeline.org. J.J. Watt recently came out and said he didn't understand why fans in Kansas City were booing the players that locked arms with each other to show, I guess, a sign of unity, you know, for the black Lives Matter movement, um, for the injustice that a lot of our sisters and brothers are receiving at the hands of police officers, and because this country just been trash, like, it's been trash, like, for hundreds of years, but 2020, for those who weren't really paying attention, it was like a, a, it was like a crash course into American continued history. Quote, the moment of unity I personally thought was good, Watt said, according to James Palmer of the NFL Network. I mean, the booing during that moment was unfortunate. I don't fully understand that. There was no flag involved. There was nothing involved other than two teams coming together to show unity. End quote. Boy, if you don't get... You too damn old to be playing this damn dumb. If Marcellus Wiley and his goofy tweet about there's no such thing as white privilege, blah, 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 I'm strong, blah, 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 needed a reminder, is that white people like J.J. Watt in 2020 have the privilege to play dumb and to be considered thoughtful for it? <laughs> Man, you and Marcel is a toxic as hell. Staying with the NFL, apparently, shit, pun intended, has gotten crazy. And some woman came out blasting Odell, Odell Beckham, the wide receiver, yeah, him, that he, uh, that he flew her out to poop on his chest. Now, if you thought I was mature enough to skip this little tidbit, boy, were you wrong. (laughs) Yo, what? Hey, listen, man, I live by the mantra of staying out of people's bedroom. But this this was funny. Like, (laughs) it's only a few times. I I think the only other time I might have heard about this was when Biggie on uh, Ready to Die was talking to his mans about a chick who wanted her to come in and she wanted him to shit on her chest. Could you imagine Biggie, Big Biggie, squatting over some chick in like a, in like a, uh, 
Hey, what was what was popping in? A days in, <laughs> the days in hotel with the you know the with the uh, with the cheap um, hotel sheets that they give you. Yeah, could you imagine that? Listen, man. Hey, again, hey man, you got to stay out of people, stay out of people's bedroom. You can chuckle though. This one you can chuckle for. I'm I'm giving passes out. We can chuckle at this one, but to keep shit sweet, I'll say whatever they are doing is their business. And it was kind of funny to see his response to it all. I mean, he clearly isn't someone who seems to take himself too seriously. And I think we all need a little bit of that in our life. What I will say wasn't that funny was to see his stat line for the season opener. Damn. Boy, hey, <laughs> luckily for your boy, I'm not playing fantasy this year. Because I would have been pissed. Baker Mayfield. Tighten up, fam. You stink. <laughs> Goodness, like, hey, man, whatever. What I will say about this matter, so we can move on, though, because we've probably been talking about her poop a little bit too long, is uh, she toxic for being a chatty patty? Because while this was funny, and we get our little hee hee ha ha's off of it, some stuff, I swear, man. Some stuff we don't need to know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we didn't even want to know. Like, we didn't ask for this. I didn't remember waking up and like, ah, you know what I love? If somebody tried to, I don't know, have like a a city girl version of the Biggie skit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and before we leave this part, Y'all know I couldn't leave out Mr. Big Toxic, Lord Cheeto. This man went out of his way to type up a positive tweet to Kim Jong-un. Yes, that Kim Jong-un. Saying Kim Jong-un is in good health. Never underestimate him. Exclamation mark. Man, I swear, birds of a feather kill their citizens together or whatever that fortune cookie said y'all both toxic are you not entertained are you not entertained shout out to the smart and sassy social media commenters that seemingly are always willing to go toe to toe with strangers on my behalf now, y'all don't know you're doing it for me, but it counts all the same. Like this one guy who said, quote, not one NFL player ran into the World Trade Center on 9-11. Remember that? Cops did. End quote. Man, <laughs> I couldn't type fast enough because before you know it, a comment popped up right underneath the post that was like, um, Pat Tillman. <laughs> as soon as I saw that, I was like, yo, this is the one. You know how pissed off you got to be at that cat that you would comment fast enough to be one of the first 50 commenters on an ignorant post that went viral? Bruh, with that type of typing speed, I could beat all these sneaker bots. I could become a reseller. But I would never do that. I love the game too much. Another part of Soul Food that made me stop like, uh, y'all remember at the end when, uh, when Ahmad got everybody back to the house and, uh, and Bird came into the kitchen to help out. And, you know, this was like when all the beef had been done with at that point. So everybody trying to, you know, say sorry without saying sorry. That's toxic too. But, uh, yeah. Y'all, maybe watch that movie again, but uh, maybe I'm tripping. But Bird didn't wash her hands when she got in the kitchen. I I, I could have missed something. Um, but y'all seen that? Like, go back and watch it. Like, I ain't, you know, I ain't trying to be, you know, but uh, hey, wash your hands before you make my food. Or before you make your own food. Before you make any food, just wash it. Wash your hands. If COVID hasn't taught us one thing, is that washing your hands is a must. <laughs>
it should have been a must for a lot of y'all. But now that we're here, let's remember it's a must. Oh, and Miles, you can't come around no more, dog. <laughs> I'm sorry, but at the end of the movie, they got y'all friends in the garden. Look, bro, you 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 out the family. You out the family. That's that's it. You out the family. You was wild for that one. Also, uh, shout out to Under Armour. Uh, Under Armour recently announced their newest hoop sneaker, the uh, UA. I'm guessing UA is for Under Armour, but the UA Hover Breakthrough. The Breakthrough is uh, a collaboration across several UA teams. Jesse Benjamin, who is the senior footwear designer. Sasha Chaplin, who's the associate product line manager. And Shanika Warden, who's the senior color design manager, combined their expertise, uh, personal experiences, and consulted numerous rising and veteran women hoopers to help create something that supports their play and drives their performance. This is a product that's by women and for women. And to be totally honest, I think it's pretty dope. I mean, I'm not well-versed in the female sneaker world, but it is very, uh, very pushed towards the men. So to see you guys having your own line produced by y'all and for y'all, and it's not a bad looking sneaker. I'm myself, I'm a Kobe 5 wearer, a Kobe 6 wearer usually when I hoop, but these ain't bad, man. They're, I, I think it's really dope, to be totally honest. And if they had men's sizes that came in my size, which is a woman's 13, uh, a men's size 11, uh, hell, I'll support and show some love. Well, the sneakers apparently uh, they drop today, actually. So if y'all out here and y'all want to get a pair of those, uh, they're going out for $110. So let me know what y'all think about them when you see them. Now to sports. Which team in LA um, would you think, Draymond, based on your experience, is the better is the better bunch? I have a hard time picking against the Clippers. Who do you think's gonna win the West this year? Um, the Clippers. Clippers over the Lakers. Yeah. Clippers or Lakers? Clippers. Why? Clippers. I think their pieces fit together a little bit better. Clippers, on the other hand, have a team that completely bought in last year with no superstars. You add two of the most selfless superstars in the game that go both ways. Obviously, Paul George's shoulder is going to be a big concern, but I think it's the Clippers' championship to lose this year. The Clippers not only have the best defensive versatility in the league, yes, the Lakers have a height advantage, but the three-point shooting of the Clippers with Lou Will and Trez on the floor, the Clippers are the best team in basketball. The Clippers, because of their depth, because of their versatility, especially between guys that are 6'2 to 6'9, they got the most of them in the NBA that can really play. So I'm going with the Clippers. The Clippers are loaded. And this is going to be like an advanced, organized version of rec ball. They're disruptive defensively. They're the best team in the league at defending isolation plays. That's why the Clippers are my choice to make it to the NBA Finals out of the West. I believe in my friend Doc Rivers. I believe he will figure out who that person is, even if they have to make a move. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the Clippers. That that team defensively so, is gonna be great. It's great. I mean, very great. All time. Historic. Yeah. Right. So I'm going with the Clippers. And what you said about the Clippers, who's gonna organize them on the road? I have reservations about LeBron being a closer in his 17th year, at 35. That's why I, don't, I, I, I can't go with the Lakers. When you look at the Clippers, top to bottom, coaching, starter, perimeter, superstars, their depth. I mean, this is where the Lakers fall off. If you remember on Christmas, they had a lead of 12, 13 points, and we thought the Lakers would run away. But then here come the Clippers, the bench. They just wear you down mm. over the course of 48 minutes. And uh, I just see in no scenario the Lakers beating them in the series. Talk to us. Price is just went up. Don't. Talk to us. Don't talk to us. I see PJ Tucker. I get to laugh in his face. And Chandler goes up. Hey, you know what? LeBron's in the back. Oh, 
perfect. You know, I <laughs> go to his door, knock on his door. Hey, LeBron, what's up, bro? Hey, Pat. Yeah, it's pretty much over for you guys now. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I had fun with it, but I, I really meant that, though. Uh, uh, oh man life is good life is good life is good life is good hey (laughs) clipper fans y'all good Are you okay, Annie? Are you okay? Boy, y'all Clippers are something else. For real, for real. Like, all that talking y'all did all year long, dog. Talking straight cash. All year long, before the bubble, before the season started. You got Lou Will. You got Patrick Beverly uh, in in the uh, gambling spot. Y'all in the middle of, of, of making or losing your money, and you just had to let us know prices going up, like you say, ain't it? Ain't pr- Boy, prices have dropped like a mob. You cannot cheat the process. You got to have chemistry, big dog. Y'all have all these dope names on there. You got all these guys who potentially can be or at some point were starters. But y'all had no chemistry. Not not a one. How y'all blow a 3-1 lead in the playoffs after talking all that trash? Three games straight, Denver walk into your crib, slap your queen on the rear, do your kids' homework in the trash, and put your dog on Craigslist. In front of you, in front of your face. Ain't that's how old dogs say? In front of your face. You ain't gonna do nothing. You ain't gonna say nothing. <laughs> Man, y'all boys got caught counting your chickens way too soon. Way too soon. You don't remember them 2011 Eagles, the Super Team Eagles, who, oh yeah, we're a Super Team. We're gonna do all this great stuff. We got all these names, blah, blah, blah. They ain't went nothing. Nothing. You don't remember the 2010, 2011, not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. That Miami Heat, listen, bro, that first year, (laughs) it'd be be something different. We done seen this movie before, keeping it a buck. I truly believe a lot of people was on y'all bandwagon because a lot of people just don't like LeBron. Let's just keep it a buck. All these surprising, out of nowhere Kawhi fans really ain't Kawhi fans. They're just I hate Braun fans. And in 2020, it's like, bro, he in his 17th year, hooping, hooping. You can't be a hater forever, can you? Like, is that is that shit like a like a, a lifelong disease? Is it like the thing to do forever? I mean, I'll admit, I used to be a LeBron hater myself in his earlier years. More so because I fell for the trap of, oh, Kobe's better, no, LeBron's better, and I and I fell into that little stupid cycle. But I was legit when I was doing that. It didn't take very long to after I realized, you're like, you know what? I'm being a hater. Like, for real, for real. People who knew me, they knew, you know, it was Kobe over LeBron for me, and I was definitely comparing. And then I just thought about it one day, and it was like, duh. <laughs> LeBron is really good. Like, why am I wasting the time instead of enjoying this guy? Just hating. I can like him and Kobe. I can like Kobe more and still like LeBron. You don't have to choose one or the other. This isn't like LeBron is some guy who he's hyped up and gassed up, but he don't really perform or for whatever reason during seasons, you don't really notice him too much. Like, how do you hate a guy that does so much for our community all the time? I'm not saying this man is our lead. Don't get me twisted. But damn, bro, he made a whole ass school. Like, he literally did what all of us said we wanted to grow up and do. You got to respect that at least. And he's always in the conversations of being the better player. Do I always like the decisions he made? Do I think he's the most clutch player? Do I think this, that, or the other? Nah. But that don't mean I'm going to be on full tilt when I'm hating on this dude. So much so that I'm rooting for a dude 
that I'm rooting for a dude who chose to play with playoff P versus Braun and AD. Dog. <sighs> Lou Will, that boy stunk the entire series. The entire series. And I love Lou Will. I think Lou Will is probably one of the better hoopers in the league. But basketball is a rhythm sport. And it's clear he lost his rhythm leaving the bubble that one time. And I believe it was for a good reason. He left for a funeral. He just happened to make a stop on the way back in at Magic City. And how bad he was shooting, he probably should have stopped. Stayed at Magic City. Man, y'all, man, you know what? They shit, they already done lost. Hey, y'all pack up my boy a, a, a quick little eight piece, a little hot box. You know what I'm saying? Ship that bad boy overnight. It should be there before the plane get there. Montrez, uh, who's going to be a free agent, if I'm not mistaken, this year comes up. He was due for, you know, probably a $100 million contract. I, I'm sure somebody going to give it to him. I'm not sure if it'll be the Clippers. Because ever since he talked trash to Luca and caught that 40-piece triple-double, ain't nothing been the same for him. Oh, and, and remember when, when people hyped up uh, Ivaka Zubak to be the, the X Factor? <laughs> Look, this ain't a diss to Zubak. But it's it's more of a diss to people just reaching for every single thing. These people hyped up Zubak. They hyped up Reggie Jackson, who uh, prior to, everybody hated Reggie Jackson. Everybody said Reggie Jackson couldn't play, but when he signed with the Clippers, they was like, oh, he was the missing piece. Um, they had one of the Morris twins, who, who he actually played pretty well um, consistently. He did he did what he was supposed to do. But then you got Doc's son. You got, uh, it was a mess, man. It was just, it was no chemistry. Look at the pictures after the game going on. Everybody's sitting apart because everybody never came together fully on the sideline of the fourth quarter of a game seven. You have Montrez Harold arguing with Paul George because he's mad that Paul George threw a half court pass while he was double covered, which he ain't wrong for. And Paul George, being Paul George, got upset. And uh, apparently uh, told him, you could have made the damn catch. And Montrez said, I guess, or so I'm saying, let him know you ain't always right, dog. Like, you always think you know everything. And that shows right there that the chemistry was off. And so to Mr. Playoff P, Mr. Bad Decisions himself, like, dog, like, how you give your yourself you know what? I, I can't even call you playoff P no more, dog. We gonna go with we gonna go with PG thirteen percent, thirteen percent for your shooting percentage, big dog. Uh, get your get your shots up. Like uh, this is a game seven. You out here hitting the side backboard? What the hell's going on out here? You can't make bad decisions like this your whole life. Like you you came out and said the Lakers were your favorite team growing up. The Lakers wanted to trade for you, but they would have had to lose every single piece, which would have made the Lakers like the Pacers with nobody there. So they opted to wait until it was a uh, free agency period and they were going to sign you then. But you couldn't wait. You went ahead and left for the Thunder and said if they wanted me, they would have came and got me. And play with who, big dog? Then you end up leaving Russ hanging to go hang with Kawhi and the Clippers. And then you tell everybody, oh, I was never a Lakers fan. Uh, I just like Kobe, but I was really a Clippers fan. Man, ain't nobody was a Clippers fan. Stop it. Stop it. Only Billy Crystal was a Clippers fan. Billy Crystal and Clipper Darrell. Them be the only two people in the whole stands every Clipper game from the beginning of time. Like, cut it out. Everybody else, stop lying. PG 13%, Mr. Bad Decisions. Strikes again when he decides to do, I believe it's what a Gatorade commercial. You seen it. Whereas the buzzer countdown and all you hear is three, two, one. The horn goes off. Ball game. 
cool commercial, except for at the time, you ain't have one damn buzzer beater, bro. Not a one. Who signed off on this commercial? Who said this was a good thing to do? It was a bunch of people who got buzzer beaters and you ain't have one. And you didn't have one until like a whole year and a half after the commercial was running, big dog. The commercial had stopped running and then you finally hit a buzzer beater and they had to put the commercial back in rotation. You know how much that costs? But the most recent bad decision from Mr. PG-13% was him coming out after the end of game seven, which he played abysmally in. Uh, what was it? Uh, he, he, he had 10 points shooting four for 16, hitting the side of the backboard. I believe he had like a um, a minus score of minus 21, a ER efficiency rating of minus 21%. Like, like, brah, <laughs> these are bad numbers. But at the end of that, playing for a team who has their main top three star, Kawhi Leonard, who has knee issues, all these other guys on one-year or two-year deals with – player options or team options coach doc rivers in the hot seat because people don't know if he gonna win it or not you got jerry west in the front office y'all trying to get a new stadium you trying to get out of the shadows of the big boy lakers and yet somehow you make another bad decision during the press conference and i don't know if it was because you was nervous or not because i get nervous in tight spaces too but I don't know if you was nervous, but you went on ahead and said, this team isn't a win-now team. That this team will be around for years to come. We're not just trying to win right now. We're, what? After everything? You lie. You lie. That's all I'm going to say about that. You lying. Kawhi, you a hooper, bro. Uh, hell, two-time finals MVP, two-times champion. Like, I ain't even going to act stupid and come for your neck. But I'm going to come for your side, Burns, dog. <laughs> 14 points on six for 22 shooting. <laughs> I know. I, maybe I'm just being a messy king. But I know. Braun is cracking up right now. I know he's enjoying this. Is this is, is this piece of the segment coming from a little bit of saltiness that we didn't get Kawhi? Potentially. I, I ain't going to lie. I did want Kawhi to be a Laker. Uh, but I, I will also admit, halfway through his decision-making, I had checked out. I was done, bro. We were like... It was like, yo, you know what you want to play. And it's his decision. So at, that was when I really learned, like, man, I don't have no control over any of this. I'm not going to watch ESPN every day waiting for you came. I wanted you to come, but you didn't. And as soon as you did it, you was the enemy now. You know, but it, again, don't let Paul George mess with your decision making because he already did once. You Now, PG wasn't your first option. I believe you wanted Jimmy Butler who that wouldn't have been a bad choice because playoff Jimmy shows up and everybody knows that. But you ended up choosing PG whether for whatever reason, and they traded the farm for him. That's also what's crazy, man. Paul talking about this game ain't win now. And they traded like every draft pick to 2047 for this fool. <sighs> but anywho, you didn't score a bucket in the fourth quarter of a closeout game seven. <clears throat> And people forget about the elite defense y'all boys are supposed to have. I mean, y'all got two of the, some would say the top two elite wing defenders in Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. You got Patrick Beverly, Mr. What is he? He always used to say second team all defense or was it first team all defense? Something, but he used to yell about it a lot. Um you got him and his Timberland boot workout at the beach going on. Uh, Montrez Harold was supposed to be, you know, the the tough guy, and and you got him the Morris brother. I mean, he'd been bullying people the whole bubble. So you know, you got your goon right there. You you supposed to be clamp clamp locked down, and yet somehow in a game seven, Jamal Murray, no relation to Keith Murray, put up a forty piece, and Jokic. 
gave y'all another white triple-double. <laughs> oh, goodness. To win by 15 in a game where they were down at one point by 15. And at another point, they led by as much as 20. This is a top five choke job ever. Like, easily, easily. Top five choke job. Dead or alive. Like, this is up there. Because y'all told us it was up there all year long. You had Patrick Beverly out here acting like he was Marcus Smart. That's who he wish he was. That's who he thinks he is. And funny enough, salute to Michael Porter Jr. Um, you was wild with your take about sharing the ball more. You weren't necessarily wrong, but it was the wrong time. And the way you said it, everybody in the room was like, oh, yeah, he's that guy. <laughs> He wants to score. He ain't talking about the team. He said the team that we have more players, but he wasn't talking about the more players. He was talking about himself. And it was a bit selfish, but hey, man, you ignited this thing. You ignited this thing because you hit some clutch jumpers. You hit some clutch jumpers in game five, clutch ones in game six. Didn't really see you too much in game seven, but they didn't really need you too much in game seven because the Clippers were going to blow the cash anyways. So, hey, man, salute to you. You looking like you're going to be a, a a great player. And I don't, I'm not the hot take guy, but if you want one, I don't see Michael Porter Jr. staying there long. <laughs> this dude has the potential, if he can stay healthy, because that was really the real issue. It's clear why you were a top draft pick or were supposed to be a top draft pick. Like, he can go. He can go. And the way his demeanor, the way he, like, yeah, you ain't no fourth option, dog. I can't even tell you. I can't even tell you with a good conscience to sit down and be a fourth option. That's wrong with me. So, Denver, enjoy while you can. Um, MPJ, learn how to hoop while you can around a winning team and learn what you can. And uh, we'll see you with the Bulls in a couple of years, bro. Next up, uh, we had that amazing Heat versus Celtics game one. I mean, yo, what a great game. Like, if you a basketball fan, like, how do you not love that game? And maybe it's because, you know, I'm from the crib, so obviously I'm rooting for the Heat to win. Never over my squad, but like I said before, I'll never not show the city love. And uh, it's Boston. But we don't roll with Boston over here, big dog. Uh, I can't lie. I'm biased about that one. I do like their players, though. I ain't that dumb. I ain't that dumb the way I can't pay attention to they got hoopers. And them boys in that Celtic green have hoopers. Like hooper hoopers. Um, Jason Tatum is just, he's a, he's a, uh, a, a great player. Um, he's blooming right before our eyes and really fast. Like his, his year to year growth has been like nuts. It has been really nuts. And I know a lot of, um, Lager fans are mad that we took, um, Lonzo ball over Tatum. And I mean, hindsight is 2020 and we always knew Tatum was a hooper, but we had Brandon Ingram at the time. You can't really have that many positions in the same role. there was no plan at the time to trade Brandon Ingram. That didn't come until later. And we needed a point guard for like the last eight years prior to. So relax. Just relax. What I told y'all about Jimmy Butler. Didn't I tell y'all about playoff Jimmy? All that boy do is get buckets. All he do is get buckets. And all it's going to do is make them Kimba Walker moments not really matter. It don't really matter if you can go ahead and cross Hezzy step back, jump shot somebody in the clutch moments of the game when you got a dog on the other end who can come right down, who don't shoot three-pointers, who is a bad three-point shooter. And yet again, a three-point shot is going in by Jimmy Butler. Man, the Heat Celtics, this is this this is a good series here, man. <laughs> Cash your bets. I got uh I got the Heat in six, though. In Laker Town. Uh, I don't know if y'all caught it. It might have went a little too fast, but uh, yeah, we beat the Houston Rockets like I told y'all we would. 
What the hell did y'all think was going to happen? Did y'all really believe these folks? Did y'all really believe these people? Y'all really believe that whole, the Houston Rockers are playing the number one defense in the bubble. This is Mike D'Antoni. This is James Harden, Russell Westbrook. Like, we already know what's about to go down. Stop playing with me, Chief. We already know what's happening right now. I ain't even going to hold it and talk about it too long. All I know is we got LeBron and AD. We got the GOAT, Alex Caruso. We got Kuz on the wing. Look, look, bro. Danny Green finding his shot. KCP hooping. Put some respect on our name. Put some respect on our name. Please, pretty please, with sugar on top. Actually, no sugar on top. Uh... Due to this episode, we just going to be a little bit healthier for the rest of the episode, you know, because we ain't trying to be toxic. So maybe um, put a little put a little uh, alkaline water on top um, and 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 shave me up some uh, ginger. Yeah. Some ginger root. You got to get that in there and um, uh, mince about two cloves of garlic. We're going to blend that up. Wait, what the hell am I making? As it pertains to the next round, where in the Western Conference Finals, um, with the Denver Nuggets versus the Los Angeles Lakers, I got us in six. Yeah, I got us in six. I think that the Nuggets are a great team. I think that they are a great running team. I think that they're going to play hard. I don't think this is going to be an easy six for us, but I think we're on a mission. And I'm being completely biased about that part. That don't even talk. That didn't even basketball talk. That's just me believing in something. So I'm I'm sure I could be wrong. But I don't think I am. Braun is getting better and better every round. That three ball that he be shooting that makes everybody cringe every time is starting to drop. It's starting to drop. AD is becoming a lot more active. He's getting his wind up under him a lot better than he was when he was in that Portland Trailblazer series. I don't know what was going on. It was a little inconsistent at times there, but he he he's playing. He hooping, hooping. I mean, he's playing phenomenally. And we got Rondo back. It's nice to have playoff Rondo. I think people get these vet season performances mixed up with their playoff performances, and that'll lead you down a slippery slope. Well, this episode here was a mouthful. I had a lot to say and had a lot to reflect on. I hope y'all enjoying yourselves. I hope y'all taking care of yourselves. I hope you hydrating your skin, you know, drinking your water, minding your business, making sure after you take your shower, you put your oil on while your body's still wet. It don't work as well the other way when you do it when you dry. Trust me, I know these things. You know what I'm saying? I know these things. Y'all keep stretching out there. If you can get outside, get outside. If you can't get outside, you know, PS5 just dropped today. So, hey, (laughs) it's a whatever. You know what I'm saying? I know I was talking about toxic situations before and that you should avoid them. But if you single and your ex is willing to play to play, you might have to do something strange for a nice piece of change. (laughs) All right. And that is enough advice from me. I hope y'all take care of yourselves. I love y'all if nobody else don't. Um, And I'll check y'all on the next episode of the Torchy Andretti Show. I'm out of here. Peace. Peace.